1: The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. To A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life.
2: So John, the 13th chapter, starting at verse one, the Bible declares to us now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end and supper being ended. The devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, knowing that the father had given all things into his hand and that he was come from God and went to God. He rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he pours water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do you knowest not now, but you shall know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash you not, you have no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed need not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And you are clean, but not all. On today, dear ones, I would like for us to return to the text and to the topic that we had started to deal with last week. Now, the text that we had begun to look at It's found for us here in the book of John, this 13th chapter, verses 1 through 10. And the topic that we had begun to examine, um, dear ones, the topic was this. The need for regular, required, and repeated washing. The need for regular, required, and repeated washing. Now, dear ones, where we left off in our text was in verses 8 and 9. Uh, where we see Simon Peter proclaiming to Jesus, you shall never wash my feet. At that particular time, the Lord Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. They were there, and Jesus began to wash all of the disciples' feet. And so he comes to Peter, and Peter adamantly refuses to allow the Lord to do that for him. He says, you shall never wash my feet. But as equally as adamant as Peter was in his position to not allow the Lord to do that for him, the Lord Jesus was equally adamant in his response back to Peter. For he tells Peter, if you do not allow me to wash you, you can have no part or no participation with me. And so the Lord says, Peter, if, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. You have no participation with me. We are, we're done with our relationship. And so it is in hearing what the Lord says in his response back to Peter that Peter quickly has a change of mind and a change of attitude concerning that whole thing. Because he tells Jesus, well, Jesus, if that is how it's going to be, then don't just wash my feet, wash my hands and wash my head, too. So Peter quickly has a change of heart and and a change of attitude concerning that whole issue of being washed. Now, it is here in verse 10, dear ones, that we want to pick back up our text because notice what we're told in verse 10. Notice what the Lord says there. It says, Jesus said unto him, he that is washed need not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And you are clean, but not all. And so it is here that we want to take note of what the Lord Jesus says to Peter, because in his response back to Peter, he uses two distinctly different words that are both translated as the word wash in our Bible. As you read verse 10, dear ones, what you will notice is that the word wash is used there. It's used at least twice. But those are two distinctly different words. The Lord is using two completely different words when he says that. Now, it's translated wash in our English Bible. But as you look at the original language, the Greek, it it, it shows clearly that Jesus is saying two different things here. Now, in every other point, as you read verses one through nine in every other place where the word wash is used in the Greek, dear ones, that comes from the word nipto. It's a Greek word nipto, which means to wash some part of the body like the hands or the feet or the face or something. So you're washing a part of the body. So as you read verses one through nine, when it says Jesus began to wash the disciples feet, that Greek word nipto, he's saying he's washing a particular part of that individual's body. But when you get to verse 10 and the Lord makes the statement there, he says he that is washed that word right there, that word wash that the Lord uses there. That's a different Greek word. He's using a different Greek word. That's the Greek word luo. And that word means to bathe the whole body. So you're talking about bathing the whole body at this point. And so what you have the Lord Jesus saying to Peter here, in essence, he is saying to him, he that has been bathed and has been thoroughly and completely washed only needs to wash on a recurring and repeating basis their feet. He that has been bathed and completely washed only needs to wash again on a recurring and repeating basis their feet. Now, based upon what we see the Lord saying here, dear ones, there are several things that we want to begin to take note of. One thing, dear ones, is we want to notice that Jesus clearly establishes for us here that for the follower of Jesus Christ, there are two distinctly different experiences of washing that we are to have in our lives. For the follower of Jesus Christ, dear ones, there are two completely different experiences of being washed that we are to have. The first one is the washing of regeneration. As a, for, for if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, dear ones, you have experienced the first washing, which is the washing of regeneration. And that takes place at the time of conversion and is accomplished for us by the Holy Ghost. This is the washing that is related to the whole person that Jesus is making reference to here. And so, dear ones, this washing is singular in its occurrence, and it is intended to happen in a person's life one time and one time only. So this washing, this washing of regeneration, it is singular in its occurrence. It's intended to happen one time and one time only. In other words, let me break that down. In other words... When a person, when, when God saves somebody, when God saved you, he intended you to be saved for the rest of your time, for the rest of your life, and just go off into eternity with him. He, God never saves a person with the intention of them backsliding. That is never God's intention for you to go back into the world. That's why he told the children of Israel, when I bring you out of Egypt, I do not intend you to ever go back to Egypt. And so when God saves a person, he saves you with the intention of you continuing on in your relationship with him from that point all the way into eternity. He never intends for a person to walk away or turn away or go back into the world. That's never God's intention. And so the experience of conversion happens in a person's life, dear ones. When that happens, God's intention is that for, is that, for, for, the, for that person Is for that to be a one time only experience. You are born again, not born again and again and again and again. You are born again one time. Everybody understand what I'm saying? And so this washing happens when the repentant sinner, in the sincerity of their heart, they acknowledge and confess their sin to God. And then they ask the Lord for his mercy and his forgiveness for their sins. And then by faith, they accept God's offer of salvation and pardon for their sin that he gives to us through Jesus Christ. At that time, dear ones, when that individual does that, at that time, there is a washing. There is a regenerating there is a converting and a rebirthing that takes place in that person's life where they are born again and translated out of darkness and death and taken into life and light so 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 now now that experience of conversion that could happen for a person. It can happen in your bedroom. It can happen in a group meeting. It can happen at your school. It could happen on your job. It can happen in a church meeting. It can happen at a revival. It can happen at a Bible study. It can happen at a prayer meeting. It can happen in any number of places. But what all the wherever it happens and whenever it happens, they all include the same fundamental things. There is a confession of sin. There is an acknowledging of, of, of a person's need for salvation they accept god's offer of salvation through jesus christ they ask god for his mercy and for his grace and at that time there is a rebirthing there is a converting there is a changing that takes place within the spirit of that person where the holy spirit breathes new life into that person and they are born again and it is intended to happen one time that's it you're born again and you le- and you leave out of there. You leave out of there, and you know that you know that you know that you know Amen. something happened. Amen. I don't know what happened, but something happened because I feel lighter. I feel newer. I feel healed. I feel delivered. I feel refreshed. I feel like I've been changed. Amen. Amen. This is not something I had a different set of, I, I just changed the way I'm thinking. No, there was, I'm not talking about you change the way you're thinking. I'm talking about down in the depth of your soul. You know, God did something to you Glory. and he did something for you and you are saved. Amen. And so dear ones, that, that, that's that the experience, the washing of conversion. Now I want to back up what I'm saying with scripture. So let's look at first, let's look at John, the third chapter, John, the third chapter, Notice what Jesus says there in John, the third chapter, starting at verse five. Notice what Jesus says there. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. Now, notice what we're told in John, the fifth chapter, verse 24. Notice what Jesus says there. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. You have passed from one state of existence into a new state of existence. Now, one more, one more. Let's look at John, the eighth chapter. Verse 12, notice what the Lord says there. He says, then spake Jesus again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Again, you're passing from one state of being walking in darkness to a new state of being walking in light. And so, dear ones, as I said, the the first washing that Jesus is talking about is the washing of regeneration. Where the repentant sinner is changed, is converted, is reborn, and they now become a son or a daughter of God.
1: We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax-deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is a WordforLife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message.
2: But the second washing is the washing of sanctification that takes place in the life of the follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And dear ones, that is intended to happen on a regularly recurring and repeated basis. This washing that Jesus is talking about, the second washing is the washing of sanctification. That is to be happening in the life of the follower of Jesus Christ on a repeated, regular, recurring basis. This washing is also accomplished for us by the Holy Spirit as the follower of Jesus Christ in a way that is regular, consistent and ongoing. Ask the Lord to forgive them for their sinful acts, their sinful words and their sinful thoughts that they commit on a daily basis. This washing is making reference to the washing of certain parts of the body. That Jesus was talking about. He that is washed needs only to wash their feet. Certain parts, certain parts of our bodies need to be washed regularly, repeatedly, recurringly. And so this washing that is done by the Holy Spirit, but it is done as we ask the Lord to forgive us for our sinful acts, our sinful words and our sinful thoughts. That we have, dear ones, as I said, on a daily basis. We, we, these things occur on a daily basis, whether you want to confess it or not. That's reality. That's real talk. It happens on a daily basis. And we should daily be asking the Lord, forgive me, cleanse me, wash me. Now, the goal behind this type of activity for the follower of Jesus, dear ones, the goal behind us doing this is to make sure that our connection to the Lord stays strong, our fellowship with the Lord stays intact, our ability to hear the Lord stays open, and our conscience before the Lord stays clear. So we ask the Lord on a daily basis, Lord, forgive me, cleanse me, wash me, because I want my fellowship with you to stay strong. I want my conscience before you to stay clear. I want my ability to hear you, to stay open. And so I need to be doing this. And when I fail to do these things, that's when there's a shutting down and there's a closing down of all of the things I just mentioned. Our fellowship with the Lord, our ability to hear the Lord, our ability to have our conscience clean before the Lord, all that begins to shut down when we fail to do the things that I just mentioned. And dear was notice what we're told about this here. Let's all turn real, real quickly way in the back of the New Testament to 1st John. 1st John. Notice what John says there. The first chapter of 1st John. Notice what he says there. 1st John, the first chapter, starting at verse 5. Notice what John says there. He says, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. Here we go. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. The, the, the John lets it be known right up front. He says, if we say we have fellowship with the Lord and we're walking in darkness, that's you lying. <laughs> you just lying. And you are not living according to the truth. It's not possible. It's not a mistake. It's not an error. You're lying. And you are not living or walking or operating according to the truth. Notice what verse six says. If we say that we have fellowship in him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Here we go. If we say we have no sin, I don't commit sin. I, I, don't, I don't do nothing wrong. I, I, I ain't got nothing to confess because I don't commit sin. I, I that, No, no. When I got saved, I stopped sinning. When I got saved, I stopped sinning. So the Lord saved me. So I don't sin no more. Because he saved me. I've been converted. I've been delivered. I've been set free. So I don't sin anymore. There was airport that teach that. There are folk that preach that kind of stuff. John says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. John said, the only person you fooling by saying you don't sin, the only person you fooling is yourself. Because everybody else know you sin. <laughs> everybody else know you sin. And we, a tr- a- a- we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, here we go. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so there was the, the, the need for the follower of Jesus Christ to regularly and consistently confess and repent of your sin is something that the word of god says should be happening on a regular and consistent basis in all of our lives now let's look real quickly to matthew the fifth chapter matthew i'm sorry matthew the sixth chapter matthew the sixth chapter i'm going to start reading at verse nine notice what the lord says there he says after this manner therefore pray ye, our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done Now, dear ones, what I would like for us to take note of from this text of Scripture that we have here in Matthew, what I want for us to take note of is that the first word that we see taking place in verses 12 and 13 is the word and. The first word in verse 12 and in verse 13 is the word and. Now, because it's the word and most people don't start a conversation off with the word and. It means that is a continuation of something that has been previously said. And so what Jesus is saying here, that it actually starts in verse 11 where he says, Give us this day our daily bread. So we should be asking the Lord daily for food or provision. But then he says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now that dailiness of what we're doing carries over into the next thing. So we're daily asking the Lord, for food, for provision. And we should be daily asking the Lord to forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And we should be daily asking the Lord to not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil or the evil one. So we should be daily doing these things, asking the Lord for provision, asking the Lord for protection, asking the Lord for direction daily. And so the word of God clearly helps us to know that these are things we should daily be doing. But secondly, dear ones, we want to take note of the fact that Jesus clearly establishes for us the principle that certain parts of our lives need to receive washing on a repeated basis. Jesus clearly establishes that for us. Now, back in John, the 13th chapter, because here we see the Lord making mention of Peter's feet. But I would like to suggest to all of you that Peter's feet are mentioned here because they are intended to be representative of those parts of Peter's life that regularly, repeatedly and consistently came into contact with the world and the things of this world that have the ability to cause us to become defiled. Notice the Lord says, "Peter, your only your feet need to be washed because your feet, Peter, are the things that consistently, right now, cons- there's no other part of my body touching anything of this world except my feet. Amen. Consistently, yes, my feet are consistently in contact with this world, and the, and because they are consistently in contact with the world, they are consistently involving themselves." with those things that can bring about defilement in my life. And so the Lord is making rep- a reference to Peter's feet because they, it's intended to be a representation of the various parts of Peter's life that come into contact on a regular and consistent and ongoing basis with the world and the things of this world that can bring about defilement in the life of the follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it is these parts of our lives that the Lord is making reference to when he says to Peter that the only part of his life that needed to be washed on a repeated basis were his feet. That's what the Lord is making reference to. He's not making reference just to Peter's feet only. He's saying, Peter, any part of your life that is coming in regular, consistent, ongoing contact with the world it's going to need to be washed. It's going to need washing. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's word in order to find a word for life.